Welcome to the Exceptional Sales Letter Podcast with Darren Mitchell. If you're a sales letter looking to take your leadership to a whole new level, then this is the podcast for you. We'll be exploring tips, techniques, and strategies to help you take your leadership to the exceptional level and allow you to enjoy more money, more meaning, and better sales results. G'day and welcome back to the Exceptional Sales Letter Podcast on this beautiful Tuesday, the 11th of January, 2022. Darren Mitchell here, so glad you could drop by and listen to another episode. If you are a first-time listener, welcome on board. Hopefully there's something in this that will uh, prompt you to want to listen tomorrow, but also go back and listen to some of the back catalogue. And also, if you are a returning returning listener, very much appreciate you dropping by and listening to another episode, and I trust that this is also of value to you and your sales team. Before we jump into today's topic, a quick reminder that if you haven't yet subscribed to the show, please do yourself and your team a favor by uh, pressing subscribe on the platform that you're listening to this podcast on. Uh, And if you're on the Apple platform, I think it's the three horizontal dots up the top of the screen, and I I think it's simply press follow which will enable me to let you know when new episodes are up and ready to be digested. And the other thing before we jump into today's topic, if you can do me a huge favor and rate the show as well. Uh, Whether you love the show, rate the show. Whether you hate the show, rate the show. Just rate the show. Because apparently, according to all the algorithms that are across multiple different platforms, the more ratings that a podcast has, the easier it is for people who are looking for content on particular keywords to find the various podcasts on the various podcast platforms. So if you can do that, that would be greatly appreciated. And if you're going to rate the show, hey, why don't you just put a comment in there about what you like about the show, what you don't like about the show, just put a comment in there because always love to get feedback, which is is again the topic for today's conversation, feedback. Now, I've recorded a few times uh, the concept of feedback is the breakfast of champions. That's not today's topic in terms of being... Uh, the breakfast of champions, although it is the breakfast of champions, it is something that uh, exceptional leaders do exceptionally well. And that's what makes them exceptional and what separates them from their peers and their competition. And that is the attribute of being able to provide, but also seek feedback uh, constantly. And irrespective of how they feel, they create environments where feedback is expected, but more importantly than that, it is demanded. Now, I had the opportunity to work with a number of people today on a uh, pretty short workshop, but a great workshop, very engaging workshop, when we we're talking about feedback and the importance of feedback in the in the work context. Now, this can equally apply to feedback in the non-work context. So if you're running a sport team, sporting team, if you're a coach of a team, if you're a specialist in a team, or even if you're running, uh, doing some volunteer work or you're part of an organization, which is a volunteer organization, where you're working in some sort of team environment where there is kind of a hierarchy, albeit maybe just a not necessarily a formalized hierarchy, feedback is still paramount to long-term sustainable success. And this is really what separates the sales leaders who are exceptional from the sales leaders who are not exceptional, is the ability of the exceptional ones to create environments where feedback is something that we do constantly, day in and day out. And literally, they are feedback machines, period. Great leaders whether it be great sales leaders or exceptional leaders just in general, make feedback a key attribute and a key component of their day-to-day operations. And it's something that is non-negotiable. They're always seeking feedback. And through that process, through developing the discipline of creating those environments, they're also providing feedback because their team is more and more receptive and it is more expected and demanded than perhaps uh, some teams where feedback is looked looked at 
as if, oh, this is a poison chalice. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna have a conversation with my manager because he's gonna give me quote unquote feedback, and the quote unquote feedback I get is typically criticism, or it's it's touted as being constructive criticism, which we know is actually simply criticism. So in today's episode, I just want to talk about and reinforce the importance of feedback as we begin, begin the new year and as we look to make this year one of the best, if not the best, we have ever experienced, not just for ourselves, but also for our teams, then it's important for us to grasp and hang on to and develop some disciplines and some commitments around becoming extraordinary in terms of feedback. Now, it always starts with us, and I've always said and I continue to say that uh, our team is and always will be a reflection of us. So if we want to see certain behaviors playing out within our team, then it stands to reason that we are the ones who have to lead by example and demonstrate those behaviors in our team if we are wanting to see that play out in our team. And feedback is one of the prime examples of this. So one of the things that I know that great leaders do and exceptional leaders do really, really well is they are prepared to have feedback conversations when they need to have the feedback conversations, irrespective of how they feel. And so as a, as a foundation, if you like, I want you to think about in your own career, uh, situations where you have been provided, or you've had the, quote unquote, the benefit of feedback, or somebody's given you the gift of feedback, and perhaps it wasn't positive feedback, or it wasn't necessarily constructive feedback. I want you to think about what made that feedback not good. Now, I think everybody in their career has examples where a well-meaning mentor, a well-meaning manager, sometimes a uh, not-so-much-well-meaning manager has provided feedback, and sometimes that feedback is unsolicited. Sometimes that feedback is just verbal diarrhea. And as a leader, it's really important that we recognize that every single conversation we have is an opportunity for feedback. And in sometimes inside that conversation, there is feedback built in to it. Now, whether it's positive feedback, whether it's not so positive feedback, there are examples that you can take from each of those conversations and lessons that can be learned that can help you create and craft your own feedback approach, your own methodology, your own attributes in terms of what constitutes a great uh piece of feedback or a great method to deliver feedback versus not so great. And so when you think about the stuff that's happened in your career, and I can remember back getting a number of pieces of feedback from uh, either peers, customers, uh, sometimes direct reports, often uh, senior managers, and often those senior managers and that, that feedback would come through, but unfortunately it was not objective. It was tainted with opinion, and it simply came across and landed as if it was criticism. And that's all it was. It was criticism because there was no real evidence to support the thesis or the prognosis that somebody had put on on the, on the table. It certainly wasn't anything constructive that wanted to uh, they wanted to help me improve in a certain area. They were simply pointing out what they considered to be flaws or areas of what they think is improvement, but no real opportunity or no real suggestions on what to do, what to put in place in order to drive improvements in the area that they thought I needed improving in. So pretty much it came across as being simply criticism. And this is the difference. This is what we need to be really conscious of when it comes to providing feedback because many people, and even still today in the 21st century, with so much information available to us, with so many models available to us, with so many mentors and coaches at our disposal, we still have leaders who provide feedback which is tainted with opinion. It is not about opinion and it should never ever be about opinion. And often... Uh, what some leaders will do is they'll try to soften the blow because they have to have a difficult conversation with somebody and provide some feedback, which may not necessarily be positive, and hence they try to soften the blow 
by using the old feedback sandwich. And this simply doesn't work. Now, you might be listening to this and say, well, I use the feedback sandwich really, really effectively and it works for me. And that that's probably good for you. And you might have some key language areas or some key words that you use that actually make it work, work for you. But in most cases that I've observed, and certainly the people I've worked with, people who use the feedback sandwich cannot help but do the positive, and then they use the word but, because after the word but is the real feedback, and everything before the word but is now absolute fluff and should be discarded. So think about think about that, because every, every piece of feedback you get, there's lessons in there. Also, I want you to think about times when you've received really positive feedback and what made the feedback positive. Now, when I say positive, it doesn't need to be positive behaviors because that's that's the obvious thing, how you're doing a great job and this is specifically where you're doing a great job and keep doing it, etc. That's positive reinforcing behavior, which is all good. And that's easy for most people to deliver. Even though even with that, a lot of people make it uh, very ambiguous and not specific enough because they often use generalizations and not uh, levels of specificity. So I'm not talking about this. You can actually have some really difficult feedback given to you, which is constructive criticism for want of a better term and that can be really effective feedback and positive feedback even though the content of the feedback is not necessarily positive in and of itself so they're the things to think about in terms of positive feedback so not just hey i'm feeling good about this you're doing a great job but things where you didn't do so well but somebody was prepared to give you feedback but it was the way they delivered the feedback that made it positive that stuck with you and continued to maintain the person's level of credibility and hence the level of trust that you have with that person. And that's the key thing. Any any amount of feedback that's delivered, irrespective of whether it's positive or not so positive, has to be delivered based on a relationship that is founded on a strong bedrock of trust. Now, if you think about the positive feedback you're given, the way it was delivered, chances are the person delivering the feedback focused on a number of key areas that made it a positive experience for you and probably created an environment where you expected, if not demanded, feedback to continue to be provided, irrespective of whether the feedback itself was actually positive or not. So some things to think about, and this is what we can put in our own kit bag because this is what great exceptional leaders do when it comes to providing great feedback. And first and foremost, and this is in no particular order, first they, they have this ability to separate the person from the behavior. They know that when they're providing feedback, they're not providing feedback about the person because sometimes if you do that, often an opinion can float to the surface and it can come across as being the opinion that you have about that individual, which very quickly, if that opinion does not match the opinion that the person has, they can put up the resistance wall pretty, pretty quickly and you might have a challenging conversation. The great people who provide feedback focus in on the behavior and it's really clear and very specific about what that behavior is. We have to be factual. It is not the interpretation or the opinion of what I thought happened. It is what actually happened. What was the conversation? What was the behavior? What was the situation? And it is based on facts, not the interpretation or the opinion of what you think the facts were. Now, if you can do that really well, it becomes easier to have an objective conversation because what you're focused in on is the behavior, the factual behavior, not the interpretation. Now, when this happens, you'll find yourself being able to have a conversation with lower levels of emotion, which means you're a lot more neutral and you're not necessarily going to be affected by how you feel about either the person or the situation that you find yourself in. Now, what I'm not saying is you don't have a lack of complete emotion because we're all emotional people. But when you're having a conversation about, about a certain topic and specifically when you're providing feedback to somebody, then if that feedback is not necessarily positive feedback, but it's a piece of feedback you have to give anyway, it's so important to make sure that it's objective 
so that you're not going to be impacted in a negative way by your emotions. Because as soon as your emotions come into play, you're going to start to think about, oh, how do I soften the blow for this person versus what does this person need to see and hear so that they can improve? And this comes back to what your original intention is as well when you're providing feedback. Is your intention to help the person or is your intention to criticize the person and create a hindrance for that particular person? So as exceptional leaders, we know that any feedback we provide is always done based on the presupposition that we want this person to improve and to develop and to get better, to drive better results. Because only when we do that can we improve the sustainability of the team and therefore the replicability of the results that we deliver. So be objective, and if you can do that really well, there'll be little or no emotion attached to it. Now, this takes practice, I know, but the more you do it, the better you're going to become at it. The next key element that great leaders use is they make the feedback conversation a two-way conversation. Because when you think about it, what is feedback? Well, feedback is really helping somebody increase their level of self-awareness. Now, it's true to say that a lot of people you're going to be giving feedback to will not have a higher level of self-awareness, and that's okay. It doesn't uh, stop us from still trying to have a two-way conversation and to try and entice them to increase their level of self-awareness. Because if you think about it, if you're asking questions and listening intently to those answers, if you've got a person who is increasing their level of self-awareness, they may actually come up with some impacts of their behavior and a level of impact in terms of what their behavior has around other people and other key stakeholders to the point where you don't have to then provide the level of feedback that perhaps you would have to if somebody wasn't as self-aware because they will come up with a remedy themselves. They will come up with the steps they need to take And then all you need to do is say, okay, that's fantastic. When are you going to do that? How are you going to commit to that? And what help do you need from me? So make the feedback conversation as much as you possibly can a two-way conversation, which presupposes we've got to get really good at asking questions. But more specifically than that, once you've asked a question, you've got to shut up and listen. Don't think about the next thing you're going to say. Listen intently to what the person is saying to you. And when you're doing that, be very, very conscious, particularly when you're with somebody face-to-face. Be very conscious of your body language and certainly the way that you're speaking to that particular person in the feedback conversation. The worst thing you possibly do is have a constructive feedback conversation and your body language is showing that you do not want to be there having that conversation. So be open, be present with that particular person. And also the last part is be aware of the language that you use as well. Make sure that you're using uplifting, positive language. It doesn't mean that you have to paint the sky as being really, really rosy. But look for what enticing, positive, optimistic type language you can use because it all presupposes you're going to try and help this person improve and get better and ultimately drive better results. So irrespective of the feedback model that you use to provide feedback, make sure you take on board some of these or if not all of these attributes and principles because exceptional leaders not only are feedback machines, they do create those environments where if you want to operate in that environment, you know that feedback comes with the daily conversation. So if we can do that really well, all of a sudden you're going to have people asking you for feedback. There's going to be constant and never-ending improvement. The discretionary effort of the entire team will lift. The level of excellence should also lift. And by that, the default, the results that you get delivered by the team and for yourself also increase to the point where you want this to be sustainable and replicable. So the key question to answer as we wrap up this particular episode is, are you a feedback machine? How do you rate yourself in terms of somebody who seeks feedback, but also how do you rate yourself in somebody who provides feedback? And rate yourself out of 10. 10 being I'm extraordinary, I'm getting extraordinary results, and uh, I've got an environment where people are demanding feedback constantly, right down to one, which uh, I've got a lot of work to do. So wherever you happen to be, 
It's uh, the first step, as we always talk about, is to establish reality. That's what good leaders do. They are able to establish reality, which is a platform for you to take off and get even better and take your performance, your leadership, your feedback capabilities to an entirely new level and just watch the results flow through. So I trust that message helps and I trust you can utilize that in the next feedback conversation you're about to have with somebody within your team. Now as a reminder, if you are interested and if you are committed to taking your leadership to an exceptional level and you want to do that in the next 90 days, then I'd love the opportunity of having a conversation with you and potentially working with you to help you do just that. Simply go to my calendar at leadwithdarren.com, pick a time that suits, we'll jump on the wonderful Zoom have a conversation eye to eye, have that, uh, have a plan mapped out and get to work as early as this week. Well on your way to becoming that exceptional sales leader over the next 90 days. So I look forward to that conversation. And as always, look forward to sharing with you on the very next episode of the Exceptional Sales Leader Podcast. All the best. Thank you for listening to the Exceptional Sales Letter Podcast. I trust the information in this episode has been helpful in your journey towards becoming exceptional. And remember, please take the time to rate the show, subscribe to the show so other people can find it. But also, if I can help you, jump on my calendar, go to leadwithdarren.com and let's have a conversation about how I can help you along your journey to being exceptional.